<laughs> Scooby? <laughs> Your hair is winter fire. You'll float too. My heart burns there too. We bought a red balloon. We, we bought, bought a childhood trauma. Bill Skarsgård in silly makeup. I just want everyone to experience my monsters. So, what are we talking about <laughs> this week? Yeah, what'd you do? I, I mean, he just—I was going for the clown. I know what you're going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that how Pennywise laughs? Yeah, he goes, no. he goes, Reggie, <laughs> Ruby Rex. Hello, folks. Welcome to We Bought a Mic and Entertainment Talk Show, where every week we talk horror films from big budget studios. An entertainment talk show where <laughs> we uh, Are restarting. I always <laughs> mess it up on the second. An entertainment go. talk show with fun, witty banter and analytical careful critical analysis. Yeah, there we go. I'm analytical er- analysis. <laughs> I'm Ernest. It's a good show. I'm I'm Hunter and I'm Drew and I'm and you're streaming sports. Yeah, I'm showing Hunter a big touchdown yeah, that the Ravens. This just is got. what you this is what you asked for by having a podcast on the first on week one of the NFL season. Well, go off. What's the beef? <laughs> What's, <laughs> where's the beef? If you know football, you know there's always a beef. And we're the beef hunters. Um a lot of beef. Antonio Brown. I'm yeah, wearing I'm wearing my Antonio Brown jersey, Patriots jersey. We now, could do I, we and could do three hours on the last day of Antonio Brown's life. I'm yeah. not even this man is insane. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see if we have time at the end of this podcast. Antonio Brown got he got a phone call from an old friend <laughs> from his childhood home. Yeah, Bill Belichick, his old friend Tom Brady. They yeah. grew up together. You have to come back. You have to yeah, come he, back he said, to Boston. Yeah, he said you have to get released from Oakland. <laughs> and uh, Antonio broke down into tears. Um, and then he killed himself in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, spoilers. Hunter, not everyone has read the book. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll edit it. We'll clip it out. We'll clip that, it. That's clip how it. the clown clip dies. Um, so we don't know who it is. It <laughs> chapter two. Directed by Andy Muschietti, starring James McAvoy of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe fame. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tumnus. Bill, Bill Hader of Stefan fame. Mm. Unfortunately, that is what he's most known Jessica for. Jessica Chastain of Molly's Game fame? Game fame? Of Molly's fame? I want to know fame. how you're going to do uh, uh, your James Ransone. Like, what do you know him from? Or uh, uh, Jay Ryan? I, I think he's just Jack Dillard Grazer grown up from the future. Yeah. He, they, <laughs> that's the one that they definitely just cast based on look alone. Because it's not like that guy's a good dramatic actor. He's definitely not. But he looks a lot like Jack There's the Grazer. one shot where they fade his face. He looks, into- <laughs> yeah. You notice how they didn't do like, that with Whoa. anyone else. That dude looks just like Jack. Hey, you guys might know Jay Ryan from uh, the 2012 to 2016 TV show on the CW, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Jay, Jay Ryan is a uh, lifelong TV actor, and he's about at that caliber, I'd say. Um, and <laughs> Isaiah Mustafa. A.K.A. Old Spice. Old Spice guy. That's That's a big one. Uh, so, this is obviously the sequel to the 2017 film It, which was not called Chapter One. Yeah. 
but it did have that subtitle when it ended, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" I, I, which was stupid. Did you think that? I, I feel like people, even if you haven't read the books, you at least know like the whole thing is that it's going to come back. Yeah, twenty-seven I, years. Yeah, like yeah, but everybody knows I that. Mean, not everyone. Yeah, not everybody knows that. Like I You're talked to like a four-year-old on the street, and they were <laughs> like, up. "Yeah." He they were like, "Why are you talking to another me? one?" He was like, "Yeah, I hear voices in the bathtub." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen here, kid. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jesus, James. promise me, James. You're not. All gonna... right, we're gonna have to move to spoilers quickly. <laughs> in this pod. It feels like we're already there. Um, um, so, so, what what did you get? I I'm curious because I well, will we say have to I, do a whole thing with you reading the book where we talk about like what they kept, what they changed. Is Bill Hader yes. gay in the book? Answer's no. Oh, really? He's not. He's oh. Not. This was just throwing a bone um, to nobody at all. So, Damn. well, okay. So, I before I get into any specifics, I want to know, because I truly, I've been trying to grapple with it since I saw this movie yesterday. I don't know if I like this movie more because I read the book and the source material is so great, or if I like the movie less because I read the book and the source material is and so And you great. know kind of like what they missed out on, what could have been. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to get into it. There's... A couple, there's one major plot line that is completely changed from the book, which I think just does not work at all in the movie. Um, well, again, I'll save that for a different segment, mm-hmm. but what did you guys think about the I, first? I'm honestly, I'm honestly kind of medium on this movie. It's a big step down from the first one that was just the kids, because that one I thought had a real sense of momentum and dread and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennywise was like used a little bit less in that yep. movie. Also, which, the novelty of the tone of it, of, yeah, of you know the the comedy mixed with we were all like, oh wow, this is actually pretty funny. I I thought that first one was really really great. I don't think this one is nearly as good, but I don't think it's bad either. Like overall, I was like pretty 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 okay with it, pretty happy with it. Um, it's way too long though, is the thing, and then that's kind of like the nature of the of the source material. It's what is like a thousand page book. Plus. Yeah. That's, that's uh, something I'm sure you'll get into Hunter. Yeah. It, yeah. it needs to be more movies than it was. I found it with the way the movie is structured, the way the scares are laid out and, and just this, the, these set pieces, you can tell they put a lot of money into it. Like it looks fantastic, but it just felt very redundant and repetitive. And after a while I was like, okay, like I, I get it. Like, here we go. Here's another scare. Okay, here's another one. Oh, another. Okay, more. All right. And it just kind of kept going and going. It's very and I, nonstop. And yeah. I didn't feel that same sense of like narrative momentum that I felt in the first one. This this movie, it it feels just very clunky in terms of pacing. Like some parts feel rushed, other parts feel like they drag a lot. And overall, it's it just like structure-wise just feels really clunky. There's a lot of things that I love about it. I love the themes of childhood trauma and repressed memories. I think they they pretty much nailed that. Um, and and you know, ton, like I said, really expensive, effective, creepy imagery. I love Bill Hader in this. I think he's might be the the best in the whole thing. Uh, 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 grown up Eddie James Ransom. I, he actually surprised me a lot. I, I liked him. Yeah. I really, I liked his performance. Thought he was great. Obviously, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is incredible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, it's like, I just thought the jump scares were a little bit too predictable. Um, 
some logical missteps here and there, and I'll, I'll touch on some, some specifics and spoilers. Um, and yeah, just overall, I just found the movie to be a little bit of a drag, even though there were a lot of things that I really found great. Hmm. So overall, kind of middle okay. on it. I'll, I'm going to have to go high on this one then, because I know you're not going to be probably not as high as I was. I actually like this is a messy, uh, very flawed movie. Uh, deeply flawed. I would say a little bit worse than the first one too. Um, but I, it's a messy bitch and it lives for drama. And I, I love that about it. Um, I was really even more so than the first one. I was dazzled by a lot of the visuals going on in this movie. Um, like truly Muschietti like knows how to move a camera around and he knows the effects for a horror movie to rely so heavily on effects is a, a risk because it can take away from a scare if you're consciously thinking like that doesn't look really good that doesn't look very real it takes you out of it but i it was to me it was mostly i was dazzled by any of the absurd things uh Skarsgård was in the movie too much but i was kind of won over on the actor like i like bill Skarsgård now because what he did was good even if he was not utilized correctly uh, per- the performances were very uneven, uh, and it's mostly what you would expect because I would imagine the pay that they gave this cast of leads is v- drastically, you know, there's a cliff. Yeah. When, you know, you go, okay, McAvoy, Chastain, Hater, and then who? <laughs> uh, and, you know, those guys were a lower caliber of acting. And then one that me and Hunter both actually agreed on is that we both thought James McAvoy wasn't very good. So... Yeah, so that was I, I I alluded that take to you last night whenever we were together and it was actually you're like, Man, you kinda took my take. Yeah. I think that I think that James McAvoy is the perfect number two in your movie. I don't think I think he's a super underqualified number one. And I've had this thought for a while with James McAvoy. I think he's a great actor. I think he's a great supporting actor though. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, Bill has to be the leading you have to feel the gravity of bill in every scene even whenever he's a kid which i actually think that i just rewatched the first movie and even though he maybe isn't the most interesting character the kid who plays bill you can tell whenever he speaks that everybody is looking up to him and i don't think that they captured that well in this movie yeah, at all i mean part of the problem is that everyone or Isaiah Mustafa and what's his name? Ryan, Ben Ryan, something Ryan, the guy, Ben, J Ryan, J Ryan. Ben. They're, yep. they're both like hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, McAvoy is kind of uh, approaching a busted phase of his <laughs> career. Um, they give him like a little bit of gray hair too. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't know if it, this movie alone speaks to what, I, how I feel about him as a lead or an ensemble performer. I really think he just, it was a misstep for him in terms of he, in my theater, for me and everyone else, he got a lot of unintentional comedy laughs, um, which it, it's, there's a great buffer when you put comedy in your horror movie because the, the unintentional laughs are mixed in with intentional laughs. So they don't hit as hard as if it was like a dead serious movie where you're laughing, then you have a big problem. But he got a lot of laughs when he was not supposed to. I, I didn't think he was bad. I, I liked him. I didn't think he was like the best part of the movie or anything like that. But I, I found yeah. his scenes pretty um, effective. He has some good stuff to do. Anyway, though, I, I want to zoom back out really quick and speak to the things that I do like about this movie. I actually do truly like I think there's a space in Hollywood for movies that just 
scare you over and over and over. Like I, I still like movies that do that when they do it in innovative ways. And a lot of the, while they were predictable, the visuals that I got, I was a massive fan of. Like I, I loved the, the creature feature element of this movie. They went a lot farther with that aspect than they did in the last one. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just enjoyed the idea of a movie that you, you pretty much know what, what you're going to get. You're going to get like, uh, some you know tepid laughs they don't always hit and you're gonna get scares that don't always hit but when they did I truly enjoyed it that said the movie is a total mess like if I if I break it down too much I'm not gonna like it anymore yeah so I'm gonna excuse well, myself get ready leave. to do that because <laughs> we're we're gonna do that I'm going podcast. home I just I in the theater I really enjoyed watching it and yeah, I can I can say the same more so for the first it. It was a great theater movie. I I definitely I think I might have been a little bit lower on it whenever we first saw it, and upon rewatching it, it's just a fun movie to rewatch. Yeah, it's a my, fun film. My take actually is counter to pretty much everything. I don't think that this movie is long enough. Hmm. I think that that's the fatal problem okay. with this. I think that the only way that you can really do this story right is to make it a miniseries. A ten, an eight to ten episode HBO oh, wow. miniseries, and I would love to do like a recasting of that in the future. So would every like, episode be a different character? Well, because the way th- I think that Musetti was onto something whenever in the first it by just having the kids, and I think that you could kind of split it up where there is the kids storyline. You'll be able to kind of add in some more things, which they almost had to like do backwards work with like the whole thing with them going to the hideout and everything else, the underground bunker and everything that was not in the first movie, but they have to like intersplice the kids with the adults in this movie. And it just kind of gets a little bit messy. I think that the movie where it succeeds, it's almost a direct carbon copy written out of the book, even some of the lines. And I think that a lot of the stuff that they added in or changed in this movie does not work at all. And that's why I really think that there's, it's kind of a tonal disaster at certain moments. I mean, you were talking about the unintentional comedy. So there's one line in particular that comes to mind that people like, I could feel people's eyes rolling while we were Mm -hmm. in the theater Mm -hmm. where it's a scene where Bill James McAvoy walks into an antique shop and he sees his old bike silver sitting there in the Mm -hmm. window. And he, uh, he sees it and Stephen King makes a little cameo in there and Stephen King says something along the lines of just like, oh, be careful on that thing. It's not going to go very fast at this point. And Bill turns and looks at the camera and says, it's fast enough to beat the devil. <laughs> in the book, that's from the book. But in the book that also like, it, it's more of an inner monologue. It's not outwardly spoken. And there's actually chapters called Ben Denborough beats the devil in the book because the whole thing is that you're outracing it. It's going to lead into this whole other story arc that just got completely cut out of this movie that I think is crucial. Um, I, this movie is like such a mixed bag for me. I'm still really thinking about it. It's very uneven. I just like in almost every way. (laughs) I, I kind of think that a lot, like this is kind of a bad movie. If you look at it in a way, like there's good things about it. And that's why I don't know whether it's reading the book is either boosting this movie up and making me like it more, or if it's, weighing the movie down because I have these preconceived notions of things. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I I I would love to kind of dive into the book one day and see how much better the story does. But from what I gather, like Stephen King is just there is this messiness to his storytelling that's kind of part of the appeal, but then w- that doesn't quite translate 
to a film because we expect films to be this sort of way where, where we can follow the story in a very almost formulaic way. Um, in a book, you can get away with a lot of crazy shit that might not make sense to a lot of people. In a movie, you can't. Well, and so that's one thing I will say about this movie is that while watching this in the theater, I was like, God, I want to go home and like reread it like tonight because it made me realize how perfect that book is. And maybe in a way, like Muschietti kind of did as good of a job as he could have done with two movies. Like he probably did the best that you could do. I mean, and look at this compared to the miniseries. I have a lot of nostalgia towards the miniseries. I love Tim Curry. I think that he's great as Pennywise, but it's a TV it's, movie. Like it it's, is bad. <laughs> it's it's bad, but I think that there are certain aspects of the miniseries that the miniseries does adhere to the plot of the book a little bit more. And some th- points in the movie, I I wanted that. Yeah. Um, I do. I have a take for you guys. Okay. Um, that I think that you guys are not going to like. Here we go. He wouldn't tell me this last night. We were talking about it. He was like, I'm not going to tell you. So I'm just going to say, I think we need to pump the brakes on the Bill Hader bandwagon. Mm. Oh, no. I think, and I love Bill. I think he's great. People saying that he deserves an Oscar nomination for oh, this movie yeah. is fucking okay. outrageous. I don't know so about listen, that. That is the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's fine in this movie. I don't even think that he's like amazing in this movie. I think that he's good. He's solid. Like um, I liked him on screen more than McAvoy, but like he's, I think we just, we need, I've been conducting this train. I know I've been on the forefront of everything else, but I think that we kind of need to just take a beat and just be like, all right, he's a great actor. Let's just leave well, it at that. Hold on a second though, because that, it's a lot like the ESPN news cycle where, where they'll get one person to say a thing and then it's like, everyone's saying this because that that notion stemmed from one person's tweet. It was like, a lot, of, a lot of Oscar buzz for Bill. No sources, no nothing. They just said that. So, because the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, who was it that said that shit? And I was like, oh yeah, it was some guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, but I mean, even still, people not saying Oscar, but like... I've been reading reviews and people are just like, thank God Bill haters in this movie. He's the only thing that saves it. He's a godsend. And it's like, let's, let's slow down the roll. He, he's fine. So like, I think that he's good in the movie. I think he's better than anybody else. I would say, um, I would also say that he does the best job of channeling his child actor, Finn yes. Wolfhard, without doing an impression of him, which is what the Jack Razor guy does. He's doing an impression. Yeah. Well, the, the Jack Razor guy, uh, what is his name? James Ransone. Yeah. Uh, he like annoyed me at first. Like that, the first couple scenes, like the one in the dining yeah, like, restaurant. I was like, was Jack Razor really Italian? I was the, like, <laughs> in the first movie. I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about this guy, but by the end of the movie, I was fully sold I mean, I enjoyed him. He got some good laughs. He was pretty funny, uh, but he was doing, I mean, this just speaks to my uh, Stan Jack Razor point. Like he is doing a, a Jack Razor impression, um, which is something it, that but I, is Bill just, is Bill doing. No, Finn he's Wolf? no, no he's, he's not. That's exactly. But, but his body language mimics Finn in these really subtle ways. And I thought it was really brilliant. And not just the body language, just the way he like yeah, the way is the yeah. way he in, inhabits the, this. Well, guy. yeah, it's all in the cadence of how he speaks and everything. But he's also not. Like just like Finn, how did you do it, sir? Bill, <laughs> Bill Hader's uh, uh, Richie is the only one uh, that I can that I can confidently say is that same 
young kid grown up. Everyone else seems like a different person. And I have to kind of make a little bit of a stretch. I mean, James Ransom looks like him. And by the end of the movie, I could feel that through line. But with Bill Hader, like every moment he was on screen, I was like, yes, that's Richie. Well, I'm curious. What did you guys think of Chastain? She's good. Um, She's not bad. Well, I ended up, I started really low on her because... um, Molly's game. (laughs) No, I've never been the hugest fan of her, honestly. She's kind of... uh, I don't know. So she can, in some movies, not all movies, but in some movies, hashtag not all movies, she can be a bit of a brick wall. Uh, Definitely not Molly's game. <laughs> def- I would Greatest say. Greatest movie of the decade. She <laughs> is a little. Anyway, uh, but I was like, man, in the first, Bev was so like electrifying in the first yeah. movie, yeah. but it makes sense for her to be more understated and like depressed and breathy and quiet in this movie because the character of Bev has gone through a terrible life and she is living with this weight of what, you know, she's seen ever, spoiler, but, uh, well, if you've seen the first movie, you know about her, oh, yeah, her father. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah. And the relationship that she's in now, like she is in a bad life. So it makes sense that for Chastain to play a, uh, depressed person more so, so than Bev that leads in into movie. that does lead into one of the things because I think that actually she does do a solid job with her performance that she gives I think that the way that Beverly has been treated in these two movies is like arguably the biggest travesty uh, of all I did Beverly want, is yeah. the most compelling character in the movie. yeah I wanted more she for is the character so compelling which I, I I mean do you guys have any thoughts before we get into spoilers because I want to talk about this major arc that got pulled. okay we can yeah we can get into spoilers I, I guess my final thought would just be that I, I enjoyed the movie. I wouldn't overwhelmingly recommend it. Obviously, if you watch the first the first one, this is a continuation of the story, and it's worth seeing it through. But other than that, it's just like eh, I, there's not enough in there to make me like feel like this is a must see movie. Yeah. It's it's not anything that I was overjoyed no. with. Uh, there's things in it that I appreciate and and that I would love to to see recontextualized in, in some way uh and we'll get into into spoilers uh, as to some of the my theories behind that but overall like uh, I, i'm i'm very i'm very middle of the road on it um it it, it wasn't bad but it wasn't great um i'll, I'll you know i still want to go higher because i would i it, this is not a musty movie but i would recommend it uh, to most people because as far as popcorn horror movie goes, not every one of them is get out. Right. Know? Like this, you get your money's worth with the yeah, big crazy my audience, imagery. My audience enjoyed it. Uh, they, you know, we were all, you know, it lost us at points, but my, it, it got plenty of reaction from my crowd. And it wasn't even, it was like an early showing, like it wasn't a huge crowd and we were all on the same page in terms of enjoying the movie. Uh, and I would put this above like 90% of like Blumhouse horror movies if we're comparing it. Like, what are we comparing this to? The problem is that it's based on a legendary book mm. and it's playing with concepts that it doesn't have the time to deal with. You know, that's the problem with the movie. Yeah. And that, that I think is the central cause of all these structural and character problems we're talking about mm-hmm. is they just don't have the fucking time. Uh, but I, I liked watching it. Like it passes the watch test. Think about Truth or Dare. I didn't see it, but think about the effect of that goofy smile. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. 
think about the effects in this fucking movie. They're pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. Like they're beautiful. Across the board. They're beautiful. They could be horrifying. Even if inventive too. Yeah. Like the fortune cookie scene. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I, you know, eventually you become desensitized to the scare, but that's not what I'm watching it for. I'm watching it because what I'm seeing in the frame is gorgeous and, and, uh, inventive and smart. So to that point, I don't think that this movie is as scary as the first one because yes. I think I think that it's You're it's, right. it's more assaultive with the scares mm-hmm. that you reach a point you're not jump scares as much anymore because you yeah. don't have everything else. You another thing uh, I, to go back to what you were saying about Bill Skarsgård. I think that they do a much better job of it in the first movie. Is that Pennywise isn't like a everybody character. doesn't just see Pennywise yeah, yeah. because the whole thing with it is that it's always manifesting into your greatest mm-hmm. fears. You might see it as a giant bird or you might see it as the mummy or like whatever else. And Penny, I think that Bill Skarsgård was just like, Hey man, this is my movie. Like I'm going to cash that check and, and people loved it more into it. And yeah, I mean, it's great. I, I can't really, I mean, I guess like I can't highly recommend this movie. Um, it's pretty like, I'm, pretty split on it i would just say to like instead of seeing this movie get three hours into the book just start (laughs) reading the book like honestly i would just say that's a better use of your time i uh you made me think of something with the uh the comparison with the first movie i think we don't think enough about it's such an interesting case study of something like this where you have uh, two very similar stories from two completely different perspectives where the first movie is kids and the second movie is adults. It really changes considerably how effective the horror is when you change the perspective of, yeah. of who your main character is. Yeah, when when it's, it's children, it's so much it's, scarier. Yeah, of course, because you're thinking, oh, when I was a kid, I was scared of everything. Yeah. Well, so that leads into one of the things that I think that tonally they get this movie crucially wrong, which, I mean, we can just kind of lead this right into spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, right, if you spoilers haven't seen now. it. Um, one thing that they totally miss about the book, and I think that it makes the adult storyline more compelling than the kids, is because the adult storyline, them forgetting everything, is this whole allegory on trauma and repressed memories and how the book ends is that they defeat it and they're already starting to forget everything they're like yeah dude i love that guy i wonder what uh, what, ricky i wonder what he's up to like bill talking like he's already fate the memories are already fading away and it's this whole message on getting older and losing your memory and losing your childhood like losing your spark that makes your your kid self you Mm -hmm. um and the movie I really hated how it ended where it ended and there's like, I can remember everything now. Now we're all good. Where in the book it's, you can tell these are people who like, yeah, they were friends and everything else, but they were brought together by fate to do this thing. Like they were predestined to be the ones that defeat this dark entity. Um, That's going to lead me into one, the major storyline that gets taken out spoilers for the book. um, I'll say that, I guess uh, if, you don't want the book like a 40 year old book spoiled for you. Um, la 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 la. So <laughs> yeah, just do that the entire time. Um, so Henry Bowers, um, as an adult, his storyline is similar. He gets broken out of prison by it. Uh, Pennywise shows up in his cell, like snaps the security guards neck and helps him escape. And Patrick Hockstetter zombie body is in the car and breaks him out. That part is similar. Um, that was epic in the book. 
that same thing happens. He breaks into Eddie's room, stabs him. He then uh, like flees away and he sends Mike to the hospital. Mike isn't even there for the final battle. Um, but the thing, the big bad that's there is, you know, the point when they're each getting the six phone calls and everything else in the movie, that's like what, like a three minute scene, four minute scene in the book. That's 150 pages. Mm. And you spend time with you their spend lives time with the spouses. The spouses yeah. actually play a role. And the person who Pennywise chooses to kind of manifest himself in a human body, much like he did with Henry Bowers in the first movie is in Beverly's husband. Oh, Beverly's husband oh, comes after her after he attacks her. And it's, he goes there, and meanwhile, uh, Bill's wife, who's the actress who you see there, Audra, mm. comes after to try and save Bill because she's just like, I've never seen Bill like this forever. He started stuttering again. He hasn't done that in 20 years. Like McAvoy, not the best stutter. Yeah, no, I, terrible I, stutter. I did like how his he stutter is it. not is not the kid plays the stutter great. Yeah. He plays like I believe if that child actually had a stutter, <laughs> Bill, no. Um, so <laughs> the scene going back to the antique shop when he's just like, can I? <laughs> he's like doing an Elmer Fudge impersonation. It's horrible. Um, I, so, I like how he feels exasperated that it's like coming back, you know, like he doesn't want Well, it. that's one thing that I think the main series does right is whenever he gets the phone call, um, he kind of is like losing his mind and his wife is just like, oh my God, like what's going on? He just starts like stuttering uncontrollably and getting all this thing, um, thing that works really well. So in the book, Bill's wife comes there along with... Um, Beverly's husband and he sees her and recognizes her as this famous actress and kidnaps her. And he's just like, he knows he sees the last name and everything else. And he connects it to this kid who, uh, Beverly came to see kidnaps her and takes her down to the sewers. That's why they have the whole final conflict is her Tom, uh, Beverly's husband plays a lot bigger role in the book. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I want to, I want to read something because, a lot of people like like we were talking about like one of the better things about both th- these movies is how they play on childhood trauma and how we process that mm-hmm. in grief um and also one of the bigger mishandlings i would say you know is the fact that that could have been even better i think in the movie i just i appreciate the fact that they even put it in well, there exactly. that's like a key part of the of um, the book but I, I thought it they handled obviously could have been better yeah. but i i was pretty satisfied Any, with how it was anyway though like a lot of, we, I think I've mentioned it on the pod that like Stephen King has really you know, like childhood trauma. Are you guys aware of what it is? No, because it's like when you, it's like uh, you know, have you read Catcher in the Rye? Yeah, it's like at the end of it when you find out he saw a guy die and you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. That's why he acts like this. It's listen to this. As a young child, King witnessed a horrifying accident, and this is a quote from Stephen King: "The event occurred when I was barely four. According to mom, I had gone off to play at a neighbor's house, a house that was near a railroad line. About an hour after I left, I came back, she said, as, as white as a ghost. I would not speak for the rest of the day. I would not tell her why I had waited to be picked up or phoned that I wanted to come home. I would not tell her what my chum's mom hadn't walked me back, but had allowed me to come home alone. It turned out the kid he had been playing with was run over by a train in front of Stephen King. Oh my God. On the railroad tracks. And Stephen King has no memory of it. Jeez. Isn't that the, m- it's, it makes so much sense. I know. Like it literally, he was four years old. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, oh, is that not the most wow. obvious? Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So is the whole thing with uh, with McAvoy's character with Bill being bad at endings? Is that a Stephen King thing? I think that I I well that is a part of the book that I almost wonder if that is kind of meta King commentary on himself since everybody says that he it like his books are amazing but he doesn't know how to end it. Um, oh, that was definitely King. Like meta. that's that's like, definitely King writing as like a yeah. joke. Yeah, I mean himself. he says it in the movie. Stephen King <laughs> says, <laughs> "Yeah, that was that was almost yeah, that, too much for me. Sucked. It was almost too much meta uh, for me." As yeah. far as the childhood trauma stuff goes, I I again I know it could have been better, but there were parts where I, I truly well, felt like the movie landed it well. Yeah, like, well, that's another reason I I put this above most pulpy horror movies because it does actually have it has some themes. something to say yeah, about it. Yeah, the the scene that's with Eddie in the basement in the pharmacy basement with the leper thought that was great that's like a, a nice little horror effective horror scene that adds to his arc of overcoming his trauma and his sort of uh mental illness or whatever it is it's like he is literally choking it and, and through choking it he is becoming more uh, just more confident and stronger in his own willpower to move past the trauma. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree somewhat with what y'all are saying. I just think that they should have done like, because that is such a core part of the book. I think they should have focused more on it. Honestly, I think that if they weren't, I, I don't understand what the point of Henry Bowers being in this movie was like, he doesn't yeah, do and anything. Just dies. He literally doesn't do anything, which if you're not going to have Tom, there's a way that they could have done it where they merge adult Henry storyline with Tom's storyline to make it. If you're trying, if you're trying to cut out a storyline, then yeah. I think that you could have cut Bowers out of this I and that doesn't really yeah, do anything. I think ultimately they added him to add a little bit of more like grounded, like Michael Myers style horror, Yeah, you know, yeah, just like him then, chasing. Then I think that he should have, he should have had more things to do. He should have oh, sent yeah. Mike to the hospital. Well, like should, it's like, said said it was just though, like, Oh, he cut Eddie's cheek and now like, we killed him. It's <laughs> like you said, there's just too much to cover. They did not have the time to do it. You know? I, but the yeah, movie takes its time in the middle portion to split everyone up and so they really deal with their ch- childhood traumas yeah, individually. And that, that chunk of the movie is solid. I just, I think it takes away from the beginning and the end. I think the beginning where they're getting the phone call is way too rushed. And I think the end is again, a little bit too rushed. Uh, the middle portion just takes so much time that you need that time, but it just felt uneven to me to yeah. like rush everyone to dirt to dairy. And then it's like, Oh, we got to split up. Um, and then you take so much time. Get, you have to get your artifact. I, <laughs> okay. Also so, not a thing. In the book. So li- <laughs> really listen, okay. speaking of in- uneven, uh, a lot of the believability of this plot line revolves around Isaiah Mustafa. And I really think he was a little, the corn was turned up to nine and it should have been at about a seven. Like he was the ritual. We have to do the ritual. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, the whole thing is that they do split off. Um, that is the thing, but it's more so about just like, you have to be able to remember on your own. You don't need to get like a token or something else. Do you guys know what the ritual of Chud is? in the book no clue so the whole thing is ben first discovers this whole thing of the ritual of chud it's that you have to lock eyes with pennywise and then you bite its tongue and you have to tell jokes to each other and whoever laughs first gets like banished or something it's some shit you can't do that in a movie like that's not a no that's a risky thing to film i just (laughs) but there's some things that 
I almost wish that that wasn't in it at all. So like whenever you have Mike telling uh, Bill and that druggy sequence and everything, I thought that was terrible. I thought that that was the worst looking part of yeah, the movie. Like, murky. The murky and like the shaky can I and got everything else. Dizzy. I hated that scene. I do like that um, they that they included like that a, a trip, a trippy thing, because I wanted this movie to go full like transcendental. Well, I think that they could have done a better job of it than like him, like spiking Bill's drink and then giving him (laughs) exposition. Like I love the way that that happens. One, they're kids. It's whenever they do the hideaway, they like basically light ayahuasca together and then like trip out, like box themselves in with this smoke. And then it's actually, it's Richie and Mike go back in time and they see it like coming down from a yeah, meteor the and shot crashing in. Yeah, yeah they down. actually, but they see that. It's not Mike explaining something yeah. to him. I didn't like that at all. I, we got to talk about Richie being gay. That was the most fake woke shit that I've ever seen in a movie. So random. Or it's like he's he's there. He's just like, yeah, I, it turns out that I'm gay and that explains everything about me. And it's just like, not even a thing. He's gay with Eddie. Yeah. That's, also, there's no is setup Stan for that. gay too? Because when he slits his wrist, he's like picturing Bill's face as a kid. Hmm. Remember when he's in the hot tub, he like thinks back. I don't, I, I don't know that that's too vague. No, I think I, well, I think that that was supposed to be a whole thing of like, what would like stuttering bill, like our hero do Like, what would he think? Yeah. If he saw bill him? is just like the magnetic I just, guy. I, I really, that, that whole did not work for me whatsoever. I was like, okay, maybe they are going to put like a twist on this and this will come back. Instead, it's just like, yo, Richie, you're gay. And then like R you forget e. about it for like an hour and a half. And then at the end of the movie, you see him carving R plus E. Yeah. Which I, is very like, here's a it's bone fa- for It's you. fake woke. It's literally, that's <laughs> yeah. what it is. is if he's going to be gay, he, we need to see him fuck somebody. <laughs> I'm not even saying that. I like, want him to fuck uh, Eddie. So, I mean, think about how this movie starts, which I, I love the, the opening carnival sequence. Again, straight up ripped out of the book where there's the whole the gay bashing sequence. It's brutal to watch. Like, it really is hard to watch. And I I love that. I thought that they did that. Great way to open the movie. They did that excellently. I will say that that scene leads to Mike uh, uncovering, like, its return. And I was thinking, like, come on, man. Who would let this man wander into an open crime (laughs) scene and pick up evidence with his bare hands? What the hell? Where is this dairy police department? I mean, they're clearly not good at their jobs. (laughs) Well, also, the other thing is that adults can't see the balloons. Like, they can't see the mark of it. Unless unless you're uh, gay. <laughs> Apparently, from the beginning. Well, unless it like it's targeting you, or it has been affected oh, by you. But that's why think about like in the in the in chapter one that scene. It's in the very beginning of the movie when Henry is carving into um, Ben's stomach and everything mm. else, and the cars like drive past, and the adults just like look at him and then just drive away because there's nothing there. Yeah, they exactly like it's this whole thing of adults learn they suppress their creativity and this imaginative sign. They're like, yeah, I guess. Wow, dude, there must be like a fucking killer out yeah. there. Oh, well, like, I mean, this movie, oh, it, well. <laughs> it, it, it wades into that sometimes. And then not at all other times. Like you don't know what, where that line is in the first one. I think it was a little more clear, especially because they were kids too. So you could always chop it up to like, Oh, it's in their head. It's in their head. They're just seeing it. But when they're adults, it's like a little bit, 
different because you can't always assume that it's all in their head. Like, especially towards the end when they go back to the house, I was just like, how the hell is this house still here? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, on. that's not a thing in the adults. 27 the adult They go years. back to the Barons, which is also more poetic because they have to kill it where it all started. Yeah. Which is in the Barons, not in the house on Nebolt Street, which... By the way, I it's a cool little set piece, but it just like I see it and I just think monster house to myself. Yes. Like, there's nothing scary <laughs> about Harmon. the house on Kneebolt Street. Like it's, it's scary it's, when they're kids. Yeah. But as an adult, it just like it looks like like a creepy, goofy. like haunted yeah, house. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's monster house. Like it doesn't yeah. I wanna I wanna talk about uh something a little bit uh strange that uh that Lee actually brought up to me. Is Pennywise some sort of like pedophile thing? Like I was, I didn't really occur. It didn't occur to me until she mentioned something. I don't, that, no. that scene in the in the fun house with the mirrors when Pennywise like licks mm. the mirror and it's like like he's always going after children. Well, because it's, it's just like it's very a, weird. It's not a pedophilic thing. It's more so that. Because he feeds off of fear, and, and what's more scared than a like little child? Right. Scene? I, yeah, I don't like, think that's, he's a pedo. It's not. That's Lee, not. Lee, get your head out of that's the gutter. Not the, that's not the, the vibe of it. Is that it's feeding off of fear? Come that's on what the it pod means. and fight us about this. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. The scene with the girl underneath the bleachers, I loved. That, that was, was great. That yeah. was so good because they just hold on Skarsgård and he does that thing with his eyes. Oh, and it's just like, and he, he's like dead for a second. What? He starts drooling. I was yeah. like, dude, oh, I'm man. telling you. The effects in this, we cannot brush that over. That wasn't They're even un- effects. Real. Bill Skarsgård can really do that with his eyes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird. He can really open his mouth up that <laughs> wide, and there's another mouth inside of it. This is true. I, this yeah. is a fact about him. <laughs> it was all I al- oh, I also like how um, the clown, as like the old photo of him in the old lady's house, it looks like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we well, get that shot of him without the makeup, and he's like putting it on. He that was cuts freaky. His face. That was yeah, dude. So I, I swear to God, man, the effects are amazing. Yeah, and I don't know. It Even needs the more stuff, credit. The stuff towards the end when he's big that looks great. Also, that whole underground thing that looked like a set, like. There's yeah. some green screen in there, but it looks like they built yeah, that. Yeah, that that looks end good. sequence uh, failed me for reasons other than the effects. There's, <laughs> when I, they're like bullying him, like you're a clown. Or when he's just like, <laughs> and he turns into someone else. Like, <laughs> it's like a Jim Carrey thing, almost. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, honestly, I could list off like a hundred different things that are different from the movie from the like nitpicks that I have. One thing, it was in the first trailer, and I was mad. I was just looking forward to it, but. That scene, whenever Chastain goes and there's the to her old house and sees the picture, and uh, the old lady who's there is just like my father, Bob Gray. They never actually say the name. Bob Gray is Pennywise the clown. Like he was once oh, a human. Yeah, that's this huge thing. That's like Bob Gray is like this epitome of evil. And I again, that's a nit to pick. And in a movie that is two hours and fifty minutes long, I understand why they didn't just like throw that is, in there. I thought they could have at least Easter egg. Is it, that like a it. third movie, a prequel that's just Bill Skarsgård? I, and like, just give me. I'm telling you, I will fucking, I I will come. I will help do some screen some screenplay write-ups or whatever, just HBO, make an eight to 10 episode miniseries of this. That is the only way. In, They're doing it with The Stand. Like, I think like that's the only way to do it. Interior, Tom Brady's house. <laughs> <laughs> I Mid-tank. want a chapter three that's just Bill Hader and Phil, Phil, uh, Finn Wolfhard 
trip in ayahuasca for two hours yeah. and they see the giant turtle god that birthed the universe. Yeah, I, Just give me that movie. I think that they, they actually did like, because they don't really do anything with the deadlights, which is smart because that's an impossible that thing. People. That's an impossible thing to put onto film. Like when you're having all these like scenes of like, uh, there was like the sand going in on Ben's face, then Beverly's the bathtub bathroom filling up with blood. You can't just always also have like a space existential trip where they see a turtle that <laughs> yeah. stomach hurt and he threw up the universe. Like no, that yeah. doesn't, you can't do, they, I understand. They just made the deadlights a physical thing. They just made a physical <laughs> thing and they kind of, they, what they say is that Beverly saw them all die. And yeah. I liked, I liked, that way that they yeah, as a way to you don't see kind of engineer. You could you could you could do a little bit of my pitch because they have uh, Richie stare into the deadlights. So you could say that like he lives on, but he always has like this infectedness in his brain of what he saw in the dead in the deadlights. I will say uh, one thing: and he that has to go to the natives to trip. Yeah. So one <laughs> one thing I am. Are you talking about Mike? No, Richie. Richie. Oh, oh, you're talking. Okay, because Mike was the one who actually went to the natives. And got no, the but stuff, I'm but saying yeah. like oh, when okay. when Richie gets like fucking abducted by Pennywise by it by the deadlights when he starts floating and he stares into that, that could be the tee off to the next movie where it's like that's haunting him and he like seeks out the. So natives. I will he say, becomes a clown and he's the Joker. <laughs> I oh god, kill me. I. I didn't like a lot of the things that they did with Richie's character in this movie. Like, I think Bill Hare did a good job, but the whole thing where he's he's a stand-up comic, but he doesn't write his own jokes. Oh, that was odd. I just, I didn't, I don't know what they were going for. I understand in the book, he's like a, a radio jockey and he's like the biggest radio jockey in like in California or in like yeah. the San Francisco area or whatever. This is, and I did yeah. love it because it was him doing like all the different like bits, like all of his different characters and stuff like that, which Finn Wolfhard does a lot of in the first movie. But I, I, I don't know. Why is it that he didn't write his own jokes? Like, I don't, I don't. Did you guys notice one. the kids being de-aged? Was that something yeah, you picked up Finn, on? Cause I didn't, yeah. I didn't really. Um, well, no, they did a good job of it, but I just knew that they did that. Cause Finn is like big. He's like six feet tall. Yeah. And he, he's he gr- like kind of gross. <laughs> um, so they like altered his face or what? Did yeah. They do? Yeah. They just kind of smoothed him out. Uh, you know, get, made him a little bit more of an apple cheek cherub and Finn uh, definitely Wolfhard made him short. N- needs to fucking pray that he grows up to look like Bill Hader. <laughs> In his dreams, he grows. Uh, he, in, no, he's, reality, in a, he's gonna grow up and look like fucking Macaulay Culkin. We gotta, we gotta talk about Jay Ryan as Ben. So this was like one of the worst parts uh, of the movie. This man and Jessica Chastain have no, no chemistry. chemistry. Oh man, at all. I mean, Chastain's probably like, really, this is the guy I'm supposed <laughs> to. You know, this guy's a nobody. He's a TV actor, and the look actually is pretty decent at, for like he looks like that kid, but hot. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense, but. I mean, because wait, are the, you saying that Jeremy Ray Taylor isn't hot? I'm so sorry, that's a, but that's well, the the boy. thing is that because this is a little fat boy who is now hot, you can take liberties in terms of what he looks like because it's already a drastic change. So they could have, you know, cast a good actor yeah. who looks a little bit different. And uh, Ben is Ben is a huge part in the book too. That he's like this whole like love triangle that they have is just. You feel that a little bit more in the first movie, but it's like non-existent in this movie. You're like, why the fuck would Beverly end up with this dude? She also has no chemistry with McAvoy either. So it's it's like, why do you have to end up with anybody? 
Is it because they all fucked in the book and there was a whole big orgy fest and well, Stephen King's fucked up mind? Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> that, that'll be in the miniseries that I'm having. That is the conclusion. It's just an hour long of them taking turns having sex with Beverly Jesus in the pitch black Christ. dark. Um, yeah. It's a sick I, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think even Stephen King, like, I think that he'd like to walk that one back. I think if we bring him in here, Stephen, come in here. It's, what, it's what, what, do you think about what do you think about it? Retcon, Stephen. Well, you know, I just, I thought that it would perfectly capture my monsters. <laughs> By the way, Stephen King looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, looks he looks like if Skeletor was also a frog person. Yeah. Also, I've that reminds me that that scene where uh, McAvoy is on the bike and he's like hooting and hollering. Hi, Hi Silver! Silver. <laughs> oh, like, oh, no. <laughs> this is a deranged looks, man. It so silly. Oh, it looks no. so stupid that we go from that. Couldn't, couldn't do that one. Couldn't handle Again. it. Again. Not in the book. That whole se- that sequence happens at the very end, like when he does yeah. that, and, and also it's him recapturing memories. This where in I, I going from him doing that to then like assaulting yeah, a child on the kid, street. Man. He got to cool it. <laughs> he is going way too hard. It, that was big unintentional comedy points, <laughs> which you know I I just took it in as comedy because I liked I was enjoying myself. So I was like, you know what, this is funny. Not, but that is they don't, not meant to be funny. He yeah. is he is jostling. This if child. you listen to like the music <laughs> plays very dark, like ominous. Yeah. Listen, kid, chords. you got to get out of town. He's <laughs> like, what? I've never even I'm been like out of town. Six. What are you talking? Yeah. <laughs> about I, take a bus <laughs> i liked him in the carnival scene i thought that his overacting worked for that yeah also can we take a minute and talk about 2019 the year of carnival scenes yeah shazam us us toy story 4 i i hear euphoria has yep. one yeah euphoria is a um, great one th- well actually my only like disappointment not my only, but a disappointment I had uh, action-wise with the movie is that they went with a Hall of Mirrors thing when mm. I feel like there's a more inventive set piece in there. It, it does give you the claustrophobia of yeah. it, of like being trapped in a glass box. It's like, yeah, and I like the walls closing yeah. in that was, and everything. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. They did it smartly, but we, there's been so much of that, not even just this year, just in forever. Yeah. Like the Hall of Mirrors is canceled. Let's cancel it. Yeah, it's it's overdone. There's a way they could have done it. Also, it the better. new season of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeez, there's man, a lot of carnivals. <laughs> carnivals are in, man. So hot right now. Hollywood uh, has a secret carnival agenda. <laughs> a I mean, clown agenda that they're pushing on to all of us. <laughs> um, all right. What what else is there to touch on? We 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 talked about the scares. Um, for the most part, all of the, the effects look yeah. good. I And I will say also, I liked the fact that I was desensitized to the scares, if that makes any sense. Like I, I like certain movies that really hold it like hereditary, how it just holds it and holds it. I prefer that. I mean, but for this movie, I don't prefer that for, right. for, for an it movie, because, uh, you know, regardless of the source material, these movies are crowd pleasers. I like, kept thinking about, uh, Halloween 2018 when I was watching this, because it gave me the same similar yeah. vibe of that, of like waiting for the big scare. Yeah. Just like far more creative in yeah. terms of the scare. I, and more yeah. budget. I, I mean, yeah. I think that Halloween last year's Halloween is a better movie than uh, slightly. I, I, would, I, put I it. would say just because I think that there are more quiet moments where I think that maybe it's just, Maybe it's just personally for me, because I know that the effects for the most part all look great, but the climax of this movie is like an hour long, and it just kind of reached a point where my brain turned off a little bit, where it was just like, I just like, I... 
Yeah. I'm just seeing kind of nonsense. And then the, like, I was just so ready for it to end. Cause yeah. it felt like it was forever. It was, and I like movies that are assaultive in a good way, but it just felt like assaultive, like synapses were just not done. Firing and also for me. again with, with my, my whole thing about the redundancy of it, it's just, it felt like, yeah, these scares had a lot of filmmaking and work put into them, but structure wise, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, build up to the scary thing. Here comes the scary thing. Boo. Yeah. And then this, the tension keep kept getting diffused. And like structure-wise, it was just like the same thing over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Even the, if it's different set pieces, it's the same thing that's doing In the first thing. movie, I feel like that wasn't the case. Like there was a lot of humor in chapter one, but I think the 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 scare factor kept building and building as the movie went on and that wasn't quite diffused. Yeah. Well, part of it is that like a large chunk of the movie is them each visiting, you know, finding their artifact or whatever, which is literally just, it's exactly what you just said six times. It's like, all right, yeah. now we're with him. He's going to get uh, spooked, yeah. you know, and we're going to watch it. And so we do know it's coming. Right. It's and, baked in. And it's like, my whole thing with that is like, it, it, it feels like a haunted house. And I kind of, I kind of appreciate that. You know, you know, when you're in a haunted house, you know, every time you turn a corner, you're going to get spooked. Yeah. It's that same type of deal. And I like that the spooks themselves were to look at. I adored them like that. Even just like that, that old fucking lady in, you know, the old lady who becomes like a giant fucking monster. Yeah. I just love the look of every single monster in that this. one was really well done was that your favorite no um i like the paul bunyan one i don't know if that one was my favorite though i i did not like the paul bunyan one see i thought that that looked like the silliest well it's not supposed to tie that's into the thing is that wasn't even that scary i thought it was just pretty like fun yeah it was like a fun moment no the my my scary the the one i found the scariest was the one underneath the bleachers with pennywise that was pretty i freaky. thought that one was possibly the, the most effective yeah. uh the the grandma one would have freaked me out more but that was the teaser they put out mm. do you remember that yeah also another one i thought was great was stan's head coming out of the fridge and like the, the, the yeah it was like a crab spider that's, that's cool that's another, that was straight awesome, up from the book dude. that that whole thing happened that was fucking sick like that's uh my favorite visual effect overall was when uh Pennywise is showing Richie the deadlights and he opens up his entire head yeah. and there's just a <laughs> hole through his head and that giant pulsating like two like teeth uh, red teeth yeah. whatever you would call that it's like an organism but it's not like that is one of the coolest things I've seen in a, a movie I, I want to talk about two things before we wrap up one is in that same scene when they actually defeat it and they're just like bullying him is that from the book do they do that? That was. Do they just throw in? That was. At them? That was corny. No, it was very corny. That's bad. not. That's not a thing in the yeah. book where they defeat it by like you're little, you're nothing. Yeah, they. they you're a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little stinker. That was. I hated. That. Yeah, that was. That was really I liked, stupid. Yeah. I enjoyed the look of him when he was a little baby. Yeah. I thought that that looked <laughs> like I thought that looked pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I did not like that at the all. The moment when Eddie dies. I thought Bill's performance there was really good. It actually kind of got me emotionally. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought that Richie, I thought that, oh, you're talking about Bill Hader. I yeah. thought you were talking about Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, no, I thought that that was the best piece of acting that oh. Bill Hader had in the movie by far because he actually, he 
is the only person who like really cares, which why they tried to link it to like he's in love with him was stupid. They could just be friends that he cares about. That and was everybody wild. else could just like act better that their friend um, is dead. But I I yeah. thought that he did a really good job. Yeah, there. and another great acting moment for Bill was when he's crying when they're all in the lake together. Yeah. But it's immediately balanced out by the fact that everyone comes and like kind of like <laughs> yes. nuzzles. It's not they're not even like nuzzling against him. They're all like they're posing for the it's camera. Kinda yeah, it's kind of cute. It's, it's kind of cute. But they're doing it's, like a uh, photograph. Like they're all like in like a is that, <laughs> oh, like it's really bizarre. Another, uh, this is super. I'm just picking nits at this point. If we're just nitpicking, so they dive off the cliff space. Like they dive in, like from like fifty feet up in the air, and then they're just standing. Well, no, exactly where they land. No, they swim out. They do. They they it yeah. shows them they swim out to where it's shallow. Yeah. That is not safe. If it's that <laughs> uneven of waters, like kids, if you're wondering yeah. why kids are dying, maybe they shouldn't be jumping off the number fucking one, fifty foot number cliffs. Number one critique: this yeah. shit is not safe. <laughs> it's not believable. These kids are in that danger. Is, that is the least believable part of it. <laughs> also. How do we feel about Stan's uh, little suicide note at the end? I hated that. That I <laughs> truly hated that. <laughs> I'm not a, a suicide expert by any means, <laughs> but that feels very problematic that he comes in and he's like, you know, I killed myself because it would bring you all together. And I just needed to take myself off the board because I wasn't strong enough. Yeah, that was, like, I, uh, what? Yeah, that was horrendous. That, that was truly so stupid. I think what they, sh- what they should have, they should have just left it at. He couldn't bear the trauma. Exactly. The That's I, yeah. You, I feel like you're right. Like it, makes it worse that they added that thing. to like, me there's just no yeah, point to it to me that letter is reeks of being a studio uh, add-in like a studio the studio was like listen they need more closure they need like a letter from the kid or something at the very end yeah they're like look we hired this actor he's got a really big nose <laughs> he's in like two scenes let's just throw yeah. him a bone of him writing yeah a give him some vo because <laughs> like no no screenwriter in their right mind would do that i don't think like you know what i mean because there are flashes of good writing in this movie there is also some bad writing. Maybe I'm giving this writer too much credit, but like that was awful. Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Andy Bean. Is that his name? Plays Stanley. Oh, okay. Andy Bean. Andy Bean. You might know him from 2019 Swamp Thing. Mm. Son of and, Mr. Uh, Bean. And the show Power. Huh. And he's in the Divergent I, series. I wanted, I wanted to talk Ew. about something else that just came to mind. The moment where McAvoy is by the gutter, by the storm drain. Uh-huh. How, uh, let me, let me get this straight. (laughs) Georgie goes off in the rain, gets murdered by Pennywise. How does Bill know what happened and where it happened? You mean like, how does he know that? That it was, that's, that he got supernatural. There is one, there is one scene that's in the first movie where I just noticed because I just Uh rewatched it where he like takes out all of his hamsters tubes and like makes a whole map of oh, the sewer see. working okay. of dairy and he realizes that it all comes out towards the barrel. Gotcha. Uh, that's right. You're that's, right. There's that whole thing. But how do you, how do you I know just, it was that sewer? Well, that's like the sewer. That that's one. the one that was a, by his house. Like that oh, okay. kid has moved into his old place. Gotcha. That's when he sees the child there. But yeah, I mean, I does, hear voices in my bathtub. That does come <laughs> at a point when we've now seen, we've now seen it's sandwiched in between seeing him bill ride down the street and go, hi, oh, silver away <laughs> in between that and shaking a child screaming into the sewer. So not a great like five yeah. minute stretch by my guy. That was a rough 
period. In that <laughs> that I, I, good. Did, I did like the the kind of visual of him reaching in and then all the hands coming in. Oh, to that was grab a great him. visual. Yeah. The the setup to it was lame because you're just like, hey, that's not your brother. That's not your brother. That's mm-hmm. not your Bill, yeah. <laughs> um, you're stupid. But yet again, the scare was saved by just really, really creative. Bill visuals. just like I don't know why they didn't make him smarter. Like Bill is supposed to be this smart, charismatic leader of the group, and there is just nothing. Yeah, really, the leader of the group is uh, Isaiah Mustafa. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's the one that's calling the shots here. But everyone's acting like Bill's calling the shots. You know? Yeah, that's it. Just it, there's a disconnect. Yeah, but he's there. simply not. Like every you know, everyone's like, oh, Bill's here. Thank God. Meanwhile, Isaiah Mustafa's like, hey, I've been here for like thirty. <laughs> years i have a million books about this shit like why are you not paying attention to me <laughs> all right also him you know there's plenty of shit about that but him just like living in the everything about that character i wasn't crazy about including the performance just the concept of him living in a library or what living in the old library and just like you know going that's full, gotta be from the book his though, whole life right. for 27 years has just been like pepe sylvia <laughs> yeah that's like no i mean in the book i and you can't do this in a movie where there's just only two timelines but there are these interludes throughout the book where between the 27 yeah yeah. well it's between the 27 years and also it's him because he's the only person who stayed in Derry, and he's been recounting every major event that happened in Mm. Derry. going back to like there's one chapter which is like an awesome chapter which is back in like the 1920s or something like that and some mobsters come into town and like the the whole town gets together and like shoots all these people up and then uh they start like getting all these different people's accounts and they're like yeah i mean the weirdest part is that we thought that we saw a clown that was standing there like shooting at them too like with us because the whole thing is with it is that it takes a tragedy every time for it to like awaken again every 27 to 32 years um, or whatever yeah so like so yet again georgie y- you've proven yourself right we need a miniseries we need more yeah of we need to know more. There's yeah. so many, like, I just think a mini series like could do this such justice. Yeah. And I, I mean, who knows? Because this movie it's charting. I think it's estimated as like $90 million this weekend. Yeah, it's, so it's extremely profitable. And it's profitable. I don't know. I feel like people would be less receptive. I, they have to wait at least like another five, 10 years before they would do a mini series. It, yeah. It's, it is tracking for 90, 185 global. Yeah. So big hit on their hands. Not quite as big as chapter one looks like. I Okay, if we're like wrapping up here, I did want to talk about, did you guys get the teaser for the Harley Quinn trailer yes. beforehand? Dude, ev- the everyone, set, everyone laughed at that <laughs> no, in my Did theater. people laugh? I, no one laughed in my theater. It no, was, people were like laughing at it. Oh, good. Yeah, like okay. after it ended, Thank everyone God. was like, everyone like looked at each I other. No like, clowns. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh, Warner Brothers, like, fucking cut it out. If that is a thing from now on, I'm not watching movies anymore. (laughs) Like, that's wretched. That's a nasty thing to do. Studios have to tee up their next big release. Disgusting. Also, they showed the trailer for uh, Terminator Dark Fate. How come nobody is talking? (laughs) Nobody's talking about how horrible this movie looks. Hey, hey, it could be great. (laughs) I mean, we stand Mackenzie Davis. Apparently, all of the other, like, after Terminator, Terminator 3, they're just all being retconned because yeah. James Cameron is like, this is the true sequel to Terminator 3. Good thing they didn't show the new trailer where Sarah Connor is like, I'll be back. I'm going Oh, I w- No, I got that one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, where she's like, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good line read. Ew. All that right. got a laugh in the theater. 
I'll be back. Man, anyway. who's gonna we we're gonna have to do a Terminator Dark Fate versus Rambo Last Blood standoff. <laughs> Ew, yeah, we're that. gonna have to do that as an episode All of right. this podcast. We have to wrap kill up. I'm gonna start me getting uh I'm gonna pull a fucking what's his name? <laughs> just kill myself in the tub. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did it for the podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you have to write knew, us a sincere <laughs> note. You knew that we would go on yeah. to do to defeat. I always knew I was the worst one on the pod, evil. so I just killed myself. Yeah, I'm gonna mail you all a letter. <laughs> How did okay, Never mind. I don't want to get into this. <laughs> There's this. Yeah. this if we're going to start letter. poking holes, I mean, dear God. Uh, uh, yeah. I, no. It's not, all right. it's not worth it. That's it for this episode of We Bought a Mic. Thank you for listening. We have more catch up for you in a few days, including thoughts on the rise and fall of the great Jeremy Renner. Mm. How the mighty have fallen. Um, Never mind. Reach us at We Bought a Mic <laughs> on social media and We Bought a Mic at gmail.com with your thoughts on It Chapter 2. Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Let us know on social media or uh, wherever uh, you want to reach us at. Follow us all on Twitter and Letterboxd. Check us out. I've been logging some films oh. that I've been watching. Oh. Um, okay. So check all that right. out on there. We got good stuff coming at you next couple weeks. We got a We Fought a Mike on the docket for you. And yeah, fall movie season is upon us. So look forward to that. Any any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, bye. Okay. I, yeah, Twitter Larry Box. We got to start just doing Hollywood Handbook. No Facebook. plugs. Someone just says bye, and that's it. You know? We love you. Bye. Bye. bye.